This show is part of the RetroZap.com podcast network. Today's episode is brought to you by Will You Wear a Mask, I Ask? This new ebook written by the creator of Animaniacs, Tom Ruga, is available right now as an ebook on Amazon. In the spirit of Green Eggs and Ham, this rhyming picture book features a grocery clerk trying to convince a defiant customer to put on a mask before entering the store. It's a great book that's perfect for the entire family. You can find it right now over at Amazon.AnimeCast.com. And welcome, everybody, to another Pinky and the Brain episode of the Animaniacast. Today we're talking about Pinky and the Brain and Larry, where the mouselope play, and we get a special appearance by Pinky and the Brain writer and producer, Charles M. Howell IV. It's all on today's Animaniacast. Jay, what do you want to do tonight? Same thing we do every night, Pinky. Try to take over the world. The Pinky and the Brain. And Larry. It's Pinky and the Brain. And Larry. One is a genius, the other's insane. The other one's Larry. The laboratory mice. So is Larry. The genius has his Along with Larry. The Pinky. The Pinky and the Brain. And Larry. 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 Welcome, everybody, once again to the Animaniacast. We are the only podcast that talks exclusively about the animated series Animaniacs. And right now, you're probably asking yourself, what are we doing tonight? Well, the same thing we do every night. We try to talk about Pinky and the Brain. That's right. We're going to be revisiting all the cultural references and gags. And in the end, we give each episode a Water Tower rating I am Joey, and joining me once again is my brother Nathan. Larry says Narf too. <laughs> and across the country in Georgia, it's Kelly. Hello. Nathan, I thought for certain you were just going to say I'm Larry, but no. And it would, and then it would have worked better for Kelly saying Hi there, because there is. Huh. There is Should we do it all again? No. Okay. <laughs> we'll I was going to say something about being a manalope. <laughs> well, uh, at any rate, we are talking today about the third episode in the third season of Pinky the Brain. That's right, here in the Animaniacast where we quote-unquote exclusively talk about Animaniacs like Nathan likes to put in the show notes. Although, technically, that's absolutely not true. Of course, we also talk about Pinky and the Brain. You know, we talk about Pinky and the Brain, but we talk about Freakazoid and Tiny Toon Adventures as well. Uh, but today we uh, have a an episode that I went out to our Discord folks over on uh, the RetroZap Discord group and asked them, what should we do? And 
this happened to be one of the episodes that came up uh, as a possibility. Um, so we had to do it because I remember this one vaguely um, from 1997. I don't know if you two remember this one at all originally. Kelly and Nathan are. Um, it's a good thing this is video because they're shaking their heads. No, this I don't is an really audio. <laughs> okay, <laughs> don't remember it. I um, do remember it. I do. Yeah, I maybe maybe the mouse lopes was somewhat familiar. I don't know. It's all okay. kind of a blur. <laughs> uh, Nathan's had a rough life, ladies and gentlemen. It's it's all a blur. <laughs> I was well, like nine. I don't know. What were you doing when you were nine years old? <laughs> I was doing a lot more. I was graduating from high school and yet still uh, was. Uh, when you were well, nine? I was actually. No, no, no. Oh. Well, <laughs> no. <laughs> this was. This came out when I was a freshman in college. Oh my gosh. Now I feel old. Well, at any rate, uh, let's go ahead and get into Pinky and the Brain. Uh, the. This episode features two major segments. It's Pinky and the Brain and Larry and Where the Deer and the Mouselope Play. And if you were to describe this episode in just a few words, uh, what would you say, uh, Kelly? Where did that third mouse come from? <laughs> and Nathan, if what about you? Um, it's very uh, sensitive for to uh, minorities, I bet. Uh it's. I don't think so. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it reminded me of an episode of Rick and Morty, the oh. first half, I guess. Okay. Well, you have to you have to remind me about that because I've only okay. seen the Rick and Morty episodes one time through. And uh, well, at any rate, let's go ahead and get into our discussion. But before we do, Nathan, please let me know. Let all of us know when when pray tell did this episode first premiere. Oh, okay. Well, Joey, this premiered on Saturday, September 13th of 1997, which was, uh, of course, just a day after the mystery thriller The Game was released, starring Michael Douglas. Um, It was the same day Elton John released his song Candle in the Wind in honor of the recently deceased Princess Diana. Uh, That song was the highest selling single since uh, charts began in the 1950s. Uh, it's also the same day as the state funeral of Mother Teresa in India, and also the same day as a uh, premiere of some new shows, including Pepper Ann, The New Batman Adventures, and uh, The Weird Al Show. I have The Weird Al Show on DVD. There you go. And, um, and Pepper Ann, I remember being a reasonably good Saturday morning cartoon show. Yeah, it's a Disney show. I'm, gu- I'm guessing there's probably some fans of that listening. Yeah, sure there is. Why not? Sure. I think you I like, sleep when all these things came on. Yeah, probably. <laughs> Pepper and I, well, the thing is, I still remember because, you know, I would, you know, I had, you know, little brothers. I had this little brother who was about nine years old at the time. And, mm. you know, I just watch stuff with him sometimes still. So. What a weirdo. Yeah. Um, yeah, this was like uh, ABC <laughs> had just started their new Saturday morning cartoon uh, lineup with Disney movies, Disney shows and things. So that probably... I'm, I might be mistaken, but that probably means that Paul Rugg doing um, Manny the Uncanny might have premiered at this time as well. Because I remember that was one of the coolest things about ABC's um, Saturday morning lineup was you'd see like Pepper Ann or uh, Recess, maybe Disney's Doug, which is so bad. Uh, but then in between these segments, you'd see Manny the Uncanny 
uh, which was portrayed by Paul Rugg, and I believe Peter Hastings might have actually filmed these segments, at least some of them. But they would go out, and Paul Rugg had his hair sticking up straight up in the in the air, and he'd go and interview people. It was like Borat, but um, but uh, for kids, essentially. He was the original Borat, Paul Rugg. And today we're back at the LA Zoo with our pizza-eating curator friend, Michael D. And big-time voiceover artist, Frank Wilker, who's going to teach us how to do the animal sounds just like for the movies. Okay, let's go see some minkies. Whenever I have a special project, I come to LA Zoo and do a little research. Here we are at the Capitchen Minkies, the monkeys that Frank Wilker used in uh, what raiders of the lost earth you did the monkey in uh, aladdin i did a boo to make some of the noises well for us. they have a lot of kind of like bird kind of quality sounds little cheeks and things yeah. <laughs> see now when i said help they can't they're going insane with your voice elation <laughs> so and i think most of that stuff is on most of that stuff is on uh youtube you can check that out it's good. It's I still watch it. My my wife's not a fan, but I will watch it when she's not in the room, <laughs> or when you want her to leave the room. It, well, there you go. No, that doesn't happen, <laughs> especially under uh, quarantine. It's no, I leave the room. <laughs> <laughs> well, at any rate, let's go ahead and get into our discussion, and we're going to start with Pinky in the Brain and Larry. <laughs> And Pinky in the Brain and Larry was written by Gordon Bresick and Charles M. Howell IV. And the directors were Russell Calabrese and Liz Halsman. And Kelly, why don't you tell us what happens here in Pinky in the Brain and Larry? Okay, well, the first thing that people would notice is they changed the theme song a little bit. So if you fast-forwarded through the theme song, which I sometimes do, <laughs> you wouldn't have noticed that they added uh, Ann Larry in the middle of the song, but I, I did actually see that. So um, told you instantly that this episode is going to be a little different. <laughs> so the brain has a plan uh, to have this synchronoclastic remote controller, and he needs a gyroscopic transduce, trans, trans, transducer chip. <laughs> Tonight's plan is my masterpiece, Pinky. And, uh, Larry? Hi there! Oh, point! I particularly like all the squiggly lines! Yeah! Those are not just squiggly lines, Pinky. And, Larry? Hello! Apparently you can only get that at the White House, but leading up to that, he and, and Pinky and, and Larry uh, devise this plan, and, and they're sort of thinking out loud, and, um... With this device, he wants to control every remote control controller in the country and basically like control everybody's garages. And so if they're all stuck inside in their garages, they can't go anywhere, but they have to use a bicycle. With everyone's car locked in their garages, they'll be forced to use bicycles, crippling the petroleum industry and bringing the world to its knees. I'm Larry. The funny thing was... Uh, and I actually took notes this time, so I actually wrote this down. Um, but, uh, you know, he says, Pinky, are you pondering what I'm pondering? And Pinky says, uh, how can I get seven dwarfs to shave their legs? <laughs> Which is pretty funny. And, uh, but every time, you know, he'll say something like, you know, 
thank you, Pinky and Larry, or you're an idiot, Pinky and Larry. And then um, every time Larry's name came up, he'd say something like, hi there, or, or I'm Larry. <laughs> he just <laughs> he didn't add anything to the conversation or anything. He was just sort of like this add-on. Because there was always this pause after Pinky and Larry. You know, sort of like an afterthought, like a literal afterthought. So, um, and Larry has like little curly hair, um, making him look even different from Pinky in the Brain. And I was like, um, I wonder if this is like a Three Stooges reference. And it was. Uh, it's really obvious when they, they decide to sneak into the White House dressed as wallpapers. Um, and... The security guard says, aren't y'all a little small for wallpapers? You look awfully small for wallpaper hangers. Actually, we are two laboratory mice attempting to take over the world. And uh, that's Larry. Hello. <laughs> oh, you wacky little wallpaper hangers. Go on in. But, uh, I don't know, they, they convince them with Larry. Uh, so he's just kind of standing there. He's not even facing the same way they are, yeah. but, you know, he's like, whatever. So they, they go on the White House and uh, Brain ends up getting wallpapered over. Uh, Pinky says, oh, this looks kind of lumpy. Um, but then when he finally gets out of the wallpaper, he's got some stuck to his head. And it looks just like uh, the hair of that Three Stooge guy with the dark hair. What's his name? Mo. Mo, that is Mo. Okay. Hey, Mo. I never watched I mean, I knew the names of the three of them, but I can never keep them straight. <laughs> so he's got like a mohair, and um, which seemed perfect. I'm the one named Larry. No, it looks a little lumpy. You ninny, I'll put some lumps on you. So they um, they get thrown out uh, by a butler. Um, because I, I guess he finally realizes that they're not really wallpapers, or at least they're not very good, anyways. <laughs> and Brain's uh, trying to figure out what's going wrong. He's like, "There's something different, something wrong." And uh, he, he starts talking about Yin and Yang, and um, Pinky wants to know if is he Yin or Yang. And Larry's trying to figure out where he falls into all of it, and that, that's sort of what they come to the conclusion of is that Larry is sort of. Perfluous. Was it our costuming? No. I'm Larry. Our faulty paper hanging technique? Hmm, not that. Hi there. No, Pinky and Larry. It's all about teamwork. That special chemistry. The yin and the yang. And Larry. No, that's it. It's just yin and yang. There shouldn't be a Larry. Zort. Am I the yin or the yang? I don't know, Pinky. But he is definitely the Larry. Oh, all right. I can take a hint. So they kick him out, and then he decides that uh, he's going to change his name to Art. And then he's hanging out with this guy, uh, musician, um, which I know was a parody of another. Is it with the Sound of Silence? Mm-hmm. Paul yeah. Simon. Paul Simon yeah. and Art Garfunkel. <laughs> I thought it was an Art Garfunkel reference, but again, I'm not too well-versed uh yeah, Art Garfunkel had that 
well, not the same hair as Larry Fine from the Three, the three Stooges, but still kind of like a reddish kind of poofy. Reddish hair. I wonder when they mention Carrot Top, is that also a, a dig at red hair people? I don't know. They're very anti-red-headed people. In this <laughs> no, don't know. <laughs> um, but anyway, uh, that was that was kind of it. But then at the very, very end, uh, they, another mouse gets put into the cage and uh, he says his name is Zippo. Which I, I knew again was a, a Three Stooges reference, and also um, the name of an episode in Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Aha! Uh-huh. Slight correction, though. What? <laughs> it's actually not a Three Stooge. Zeppo. Oh, I thought was, he was. No, he's the fourth Marx brother. Ah, okay. Would, yeah, 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 yeah. He, I, would, I, I, he, he was the handsome one. They would well, put him he, like in horse feathers and stuff. In horse feathers, he actually played Groucho's uh, son in that one. Which was a interesting thing to because they're just brothers, you know. It's like, it's like you know Nathan. Nathan's the handsome one of me, so, of us, you know, our family. So but wasn't he like the least popular? Oh yeah, because he wasn't yeah. funny. Because Zeppo was just the straight guy who just kind of like they'd have all the wacky brothers doing the stuff, and Zeppo would be there. Oh no, what's going on? I'm Zeppo. <laughs> I don't well, even. He never said I'm Zeppo, but <laughs> that's the way. Uh, he's the he's the fifth. Uh, Marx brother. Ooh. Do you want me to name all the Marx brothers oh, off please. of memory? This is not me. Yeah, reading right. It, so of I'm course. sure. Uh, Chico, Harpo, Groucho, Gummo, and Zeppo. Gummo. And why we are talking about the Marx brothers? Well, there's a reference to them in a movie, and a diary should have been mailed to them instead of Indiana Jones. That's my Spielberg reference. <laughs> Ah, I should have mailed it to the Marx Brothers. I should have mailed it to the Marx Brothers. It was taking me a while to get to... I'm like, wait, Marx Brothers? I gave you everything, Joey. I led you you to... Waiting for that Sean Connery impression. I'm sorry. I didn't do it myself. What are we going to do tomorrow night, Blaine? The same thing we do every night, Pinky. Try to take over the world without Larry. Hello. Who are you? I'm Zeppo. They're pinky, they're pinky on the brain. Zeppo, 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 Zeppo. So Gummo was the 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 fourth the fourth fifth. Yeah. Well, no, I think Zeppo's the fifth because he's the youngest. Okay, so. <laughs> So what did I see now it shows you how I'm how out of it I am with Marx Brothers things. I don't even know Gummo. I'm going to assume that Gummo was not in the movies with them because I think I've heard I've heard of Gummo, but I haven't heard of Gummo. He was even less popular than Zeppo. My guess is they were in vaudeville with him and then he never made it to the movies with him. And I don't really know Zeppo because it's the name of a Buffy episode. Ah, there you go. So anyway, that's Zeppo. Well, there's a lot of cultural references in this episode. This first half, I mean, obviously the the first thing was Three Stooges, and uh, like we mentioned before, and uh, Larry is voiced by Billy West, who is doing a very Larry Fine voice, which also happens to just happen to sound like Stimpy from Ren and Stimpy. Mm-hmm. It was... Um, like spot on. Like I never realized until watching this, like, oh yeah, gosh, Stimpy really sounds like Larry from the Three Stooges. I wonder if that's where he came, you know, up with that voice to begin with. But at any rate, 
Um, I watched one episode of Ren and Stimpy. Only one? It was Don't Pee on the Electric Fence. Don't whiz on one. the electric on fence. The that's all That's all I watched. I was a huge Ren and Stimpy fan. <laughs> I even <laughs> got the the soundtrack album. Uh, there was at least two albums. I, I know I got two of them. There was one where it was like the soundtrack album, and then there was another one of them... And Billy West, it was when Billy West was doing both uh, Ren and Stimpy's voice. And he, uh, they did like a radio uh, call in. The, the whole CD was like a drama. And so I was a huge Ren and Stimpy fan. Um, did not like it when it was rebooted, however. Uh, it was not funny. It was just like on Spike TV, I guess, like uh. 15 years ago. They were like, ooh, it's for adults. And John Kay, who was originally behind the show who there's a whole other drama. Some of our listeners probably know what I'm talking about uh, with that guy. And he's apparently not so cool. Uh, and that's putting it lightly, but uh, he was in charge of the show again. And it's just, it was just like crude and really inappropriate. Whereas the original Red and Stimpy, it was kind of, it was crude, but up until like a certain point, because you was still a kid's show. When it was on Spike TV, it was just like, nope, we're going all out. <laughs> we're going to be as inappropriate as possible. And I, I don't know why, but it just wasn't as... Like a little more South Park, I guess? Well, it, well probably worse. worse. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> much oh, worse. Wow. Yeah. So, but at any rate, uh, there's two episodes of The Three Stooges that are referenced in this one. Uh, one of them is A Bird in the Head, from 1946, and uh, that's when the Three Stooges are doing wallpaper. They're they're uh, doing the wallpaper thing, and they do wallpaper mow against the wall. And I think they even have the same similar line of, oh, there's, you know, it's these lumps it's in this. Lumpy. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's a little lumpy. So that that whole thing was there. Although I watched the scene with the original with Larry, Moe, and Curly, and it made absolutely no sense why they were putting the the wallpaper on top of Moe because he was just there i don't know i guess the scene is supposed to be like they're holding up the wallpaper and they can't see what they're what they're doing but when i watched that scene i'm just like no i i can't can't believe it hey that piece is lumpy say this wallpaper's got eyes Looks like Mo. It is Mo. Uh, the other part right there is with <laughs> when Pinky goes, uh, Brain Larry uh, Cheese, Brain Larry Cheese. Brain Larry Cheese, Brain Larry Cheese. There's a, a, a actual good Three Stooges one <laughs> called Horses Collars. And in that one, Curly is scared of mice, I believe. And Whenever he sees a mouse, he says, Mo Larry Cheese, Mo Larry Cheese. And they have to give him cheese so he calms down. Mo Larry Cheese. 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 And that. Puts him down. So, yeah, 
There you go. And of course, we, we mentioned the two other quick ones right there. Simon and Garfunkel, uh, instead of the sound of silence, they're singing, I think, what is it? The sounds of loud loudness, I think. Something like that. Yeah. And then Zeppo from the Marx Brothers. So anyway, that's that's it. It's a pretty short segment. It's only about, I mean, with the, with the credits opening, it's only about six and a half minutes long. So it's a mm-hmm. pretty short segment. What did you two think about this uh, first cartoon? Let's start with you, Nathan. I enjoyed it. Uh, it reminded me of a Rick and Morty episode called Total Recall, which, as you recall, <laughs> uh, there's a, a new character that's added into the uh, theme song that's never been shown before. I don't know if I could say his name. Oh, yes. He looks like a banana. He looks like a banana. I'll say his <laughs> name is Mr. Poopy Butthole. Oh, my goodness, and- <laughs> Nathan. <laughs> Just his name. Think of the children. And- yeah, he's uh he's he's in the theme song, which is funny. Um and uh it's funny that Brain is playing Mo, who is vo- voiced by Mo. Maurice Lamarche. Well, he goes by Mo, so <laughs> Exactly. I felt like it was so weird when we had um that Good Feathers reunion mm-hmm. and it, any new listeners who haven't listened to our Good Feathers reunion Go back and listen to that. That was oh, something so else. Good. All in the um, same room. Oof. I know. Yeah, but we had Maurice LaMarche and, you know, just talking with Tom Ruger and John Mariano afterwards. And they're just calling him Mo. And they kind of wanted to call him Mo also. Like, but you don't know. I'm not on a, I'm barely on a first name basis with Maurice LaMarche, let alone <laughs> not a even nickname. That, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I called, I could, I could see myself saying, hey, Maurice, but I could not say, hey, Mo. No. That's that's crazy not me old yet. Maurice. I just realized that the, the <laughs> crazy old Maurice. You missed it, Kelly. Sorry. <laughs> no, my my mind was just going somewhere else though because it was like when it's like Pinky and the Brain and Larry. It reminds me of Hamilton, where it's Angelica, Eliza, and Peggy. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> Angelica, Eliza, and Larry. The Skyler sisters. <laughs> Man, I loved Hamilton. My wife has watched that. Well, she's at, no, we've watched Hamilton a couple times, but now we've watched everything with Lin-Manuel Miranda on YouTube. She just loves him so much. Um, Weird Al has a, a polka version of Hamilton. Yes. It's all that. And you should watch Lin-Manuel Miranda watching it for the first time. <laughs> it's okay. very cute. Um, well, one thing I really thought when I number one, I, I I did like the design of Larry in this one. I like how his eyes were green in this. So you have the brain with pink, Pinky with blue, and Larry with green. I I just like how that all balanced out. Um, but I did not like obviously Larry kind of butting in all the time. Um, and I hap- I I kind of wonder whether or not. I was wondering whether or not Larry had anything to do with the WB executives kind of butting their heads in. Like wanting to add another character. Yeah, like that Pinky in the Brain, uh, the story is getting stale. Like what if we added like, I don't know, Elmira or something? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. That we needed to add something up. And I kind of get the idea of that with Snowball as well. Um, that that was the case. Um, but maybe we'll get Charles M. Howell on. I know that he's he's said that he would give us a little bit of clarification on this episode. So if not this episode, then we'll get him in a future episode kind of clarifying 
what the heck is, you know, the drama perhaps behind the scenes on this one. But I, there, there's the brain has this great speech kind of at the end talking about how the yin, you know, you're the yin and I'm the yang, or maybe you are or I am or whatever. But he, he basically goes into, we don't need this other. And we, we, it kind of gets into, I kind of felt like it was the writers talking to the executives at that point. Um, almost like when you're dealing with something like a reboot of, say, Animaniacs or something, and executives want to come in and they want to change the characters that are on the side, you know, and and make it their own a little bit. And in a lot of cases, you don't have to do that. Um, that kind of messes things up. So I thought this was a good example of, of the simplicity of Pinky and the Brain and why that's important. But... At any rate, Kelly, is there any other little things in this one that you that you like before we uh, move on to the the next part? Uh, I think I covered everything that I I could think of. Um, I I just wanted to point out the funniest part was the uh, the butler that works at the White House coming in and saying three wallpaper hangers, two, two. I can believe. Who are you trying to fool? And yes. I feel like that's uh, Billy West's voice as well. It I believe like. You- the yeah. professor from Futurama or something. Exactly. Yeah. I always like it when I hear these guest stars on uh, Pinky and the Brain, especially because he, I feel like the voice cast can sometimes be a little bit smaller. I don't, in this case, I don't think it was. Tress McNeil came on for one line mm. and whatever. But at any rate, whenever I hear these like people who aren't usually on the show, like Billy West, I always kind of go, who else are they voicing? Because again, I don't know the exact contract things, but I've always heard that you you can get two or three characters out of an actor without having to pay them more. So a lot of times you'll you'll hear like in a cartoon show them doing more than one role just because of that. I might be wrong, but that's just what I've. I'm assuming heard that's why. Like if you, we were talking about Hamilton, I I didn't realize watching it live uh, on you know on this in the you know stage in in the auditorium, but the. Um, Watching it on Disney Plus, I realized so many of the the same actors play two different characters um, right. multiple times. But yeah, it's not just that. the background, but like main. Yeah, like Jefferson and Lafayette. Of yeah, course. gosh, he's so good. What's his name? Yeah, I he's forget his favorite. name in there, but he's he's amazing. Um, and I'm forgetting his name off the top of my head, but I, I he's fantastic. Well, anyway. Let's move, let's stop talking about Hamilton and let's get into <laughs> let's get into our next part right here, which is where the deer and the mouselope play. And where the deer and the mouselope play was written by Wendell Morris and Tom Shepard, and the directors were Russell Calabrese and Liz Halsman. And Nathan, why don't you tell us what happens here in this two-parter? There's a commercial break right in the center of where the deer and the mouse will play. Oh, well. Okay. So uh, in this segment, uh, pinking the brain, uh, brain wants to set up these giant billboards uh, that look like the the 3D art that was really popular in the 90s. What is this called? The 
The that, magic eye. The magic eye. Oh. Yeah. Oh. So he, Which were he so needs... annoying, by the way. I hated those, and I never saw any of them. I never saw any of the images. I was just like the guy in Mallrats, just staring at the posters in the mall. Mm-hmm. Not Seinfeld, seeing... George yeah. Costanza. Oh, yeah. I mean, they were the most frustrating things. Uh, I don't know about you, Kelly, but I, I Yeah. Them. I, I don't think I could see them that well. And was it around the same time the photo mosaics were really popular too? Like, I had a Yoda poster. That's what came to mind when I was reading, saw this episode. I'm like, no, it's not the same thing. But they had the little tiny pictures. And then you pull out and then you see like... I still have my photo mosaic Yoda poster. Well, and my sure. Darth Vader one, I think. Yes. They're both so in the school. I was thinking they were popular around the same time. The, the, the photo optical kind of thing. Yeah, I liked, yeah. There was a, there was, that was definitely a late '90s thing, where the magic eye things and the uh, and the photo mosaics, which photo mosaics I liked because I could actually see and I could appreciate those more. Yeah, I think wearing glasses sort of inhibits uh, the 3D eye stuff a little bit. I know I don't I don't really enjoy 3D movies. Well, the funny thing is with the 3D eye thing was it's like you had to strain your eyes and squint and and blur, and then at the very end past. of it, you finally yeah, see the image. And it's just like a blocky, stupid. It's not like it was worth all the effort. Um, some no. people though could look it's at them boat. and go, "Oh, yeah, yeah." Some people, but some people could look at them and see them right away. Mm. And and other people, it was just frustrating. So, at any rate, yes, a very good plan right here. This thing, these these giant three D posters were had to be three miles by eleven miles big. So yeah. That's uh, yeah. That's so big. <laughs> Just like, <laughs> and he's gonna have multiple ones of these. I think I, was he okay. I think I wanted to say that he his plan was to have more than one. Uh, yeah, that these, makes sense. But yeah, he had to put them above streets in a bunch of places. Yeah. Oh man, just thinking of it just gets me so frustrated. Just like, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but he needs, of course, lots of steel to do all this, and where else to go? But Pittsburgh. Um, so, uh, and the way he's going to do it is through reparations. Um, he's going to propose, he's going to pose as an endangered species, uh, the mouse elope, um, which I guess he kind of makes up uh, due to information on the back of a postcard. Uh, and, but uh, there's a politician in the Pittsburgh area that Joey knows who this is based off, but Del Monte. Uh, wants to uh, get popular with the voters, and mouse lips are cute. So he decides, you know, we're gonna we're gonna give them reparations, and then that's when Bright's like, "Hey, we're kicking everyone out of Pittsburgh now." Oh, but this uh, landmark legislation will serve to repair the great injustice that mankind has perpetrated on the mouse lips by giving back the sacred breeding ground of our ancestors, which includes the legal ownership. Of your entire city and all of its steel mills. Uh, not a good time to be clapping, sir. Definitely not a good time. You have 48 hours to vacate your homes and businesses, or you shall be forcibly relocated by order of the Mausolope Protection Act. Thank you for your warm reception. Y'all come back now, you hear? Uh, so all the people in Pittsburgh have to leave town. Um, there's a bunch of like things that happened before this, <laughs> but like, so, uh, but it, it all just ends up, uh, everyone leaving town. But right before, um, everyone leaves, uh, this Del Monte's assistants notice that Brain is wearing fake antlers because he tries to pick out some spinach from his teeth. 
Um, and that's when they decide to put on fake antlers on a bunch of other little mice. And then so they're running in town. And now the mycelope are no longer endangered. And in fact, uh, to make sure that they're not an invasive species, uh, mouselope hunting season is open. And now everyone's trying to kill all the mouselopes. Um, are we about to become extinct again, Brian? No, Pinky. Not when we can still run! Um, but Pinky and the Brain get picked up by uh, a lab uh, technicians, and they're going to take them to the lab, like the Acme Lab. Oh my gosh, that's where they live. And uh, they're going to go to Malibu to see Martin Sheen. That's how it ends. Uh, <laughs> yes, I'd much rather <laughs> live in with Martin Sheen's Malibu house than uh, than Acme Labs, that's for sure. Well, uh, there are a ton yeah. of references in this. And the first time watching it, I was just like, okay, whatever. But then the second time watching, I was like, oh my gosh, I started taking notes. And we got to say, for all of these references, if we're wrong or we're missing stuff, we're sorry. Well, I'm sure we're missing things too, because there's just so many. But also, we probably made up some stuff. So it's just. That, that's true. <laughs> well, the Wikipedia on this one has almost nothing. So if you're a Wikipedia yeah, editor and you want to put some of the stuff in and cite us as a source, sure, go for that. Yeah, there's literally nothing. So, yeah, anything you want to add. So. Okay, so let's talk about the cultural references. First of all, they mentioned Marissa Tomei. Uh, Marissa Tomei was kind of a punchline at the time in the late 90s for getting an Oscar for My Cousin Vinny, which is a really good movie. And she's really great in it, yeah, too. Yeah, she's so. really good, but it was like a running gag for a very long time about how she was so young or that her performance wasn't as good to, to receive the Oscar. I think I it's uh, sexist, but yeah. it's probably what it was. Well, she was also 29 at the time, so she was a little young, but it was... <laughs> She got. She's been nominated two more times for Oscars, by the way, uh, and has not won another one. But uh, she yeah, had a great performance in uh, My Cousin Vinny. So if you haven't seen that movie with Karate Kid and uh, and uh, Pesto the Pigeon uh, sounding guys, then go for that. Uh, the guy that intimidate that impersonates uh, Pesto. Yeah. Yes, the guy I who think it was one of the first big movies Ralph Macho did after the Karate Kid. And uh, yeah, because I remember when it came out, I was like, "Ooh, what do you?" Because I hadn't seen him in a long time. Uh, yeah, I, he's in Kokai all the time. Yeah, and I'm glad that's coming to Netflix. Then I can finally see at least a couple of the Karate Kid films, and then watch Cobra never Kai. Seen- no, I've never seen Karate Kid. Are we talking about? Yeah, we've talked about it like years ago. <laughs> we should just end this podcast now. <laughs> Even in the interim, in these past few years, you still haven't seen the Karate Kid. Uh, it hasn't. I haven't seen it on the 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 menu of Netflix yet, so I can't. Somebody was posting on Twitter earlier about the Karate Kid Nintendo game, um, and I was like, "Oh, I still have mine. It's in the storage <laughs> unit, but I still have that." Cause, you know, and I had the action figures and the toy dojo and hashtag not obsessed. <laughs> Uh, the other uh, stuff right there that they put in is, uh, there's a, they say, what's the picture going to be of Kenny Kingston? Hey, God, what did you hide in that poster, Brian? A picture of Kenny Kingston? I am not cruel, Pinky. Kenny Kingston. Yeah, Kenny Kingston. Like, who's that? Kenny Kingston, uh, was the psychic to the stars. And, uh, I don't know. He wasn't necessarily a, 
I don't know how he behaved or looked or well, I do know what he how he looked. He didn't look any different than an old man to me when I saw pictures of him online. But uh, he's apparently kind of a, just a weirdo, and so I guess he used to be on infomercials late at night. He was just like one of those psychics. Well, Bambi, of course, was referenced in this. They grazed on the sweet spring grass and nurtured their young in peace until... Mother, why is everyone so still? On the meadow, man is in the forest. Sadly, they were hunted into extinction for their majestic antlers, which made perfect toothpicks. Uh, Which remind me of Bumby's mom, of course, but... That was kind of hard not to to see that Bambi reference right there, but it was it was good. It was good stuff. Uh, Mike Nesmith is is mentioned. They say they're gonna go. They're gonna re- have a comeback. The Mouselopes are about to make a spectacular comeback. Oh, I hope Mike Nesmith joins them this time. I know who that is. Who's Mike Nesmith? Hey, hey, we're the monkeys. Bingo. <laughs> and Mike Nesmith, um, his mom invented whiteout. Yeah, yeah, I knew that. He's incredibly rich. What was that? I said I learned that in elementary school. (laughs) Yeah, and he is, because of that, incredibly rich. And because of that, I don't think... um, I mean, he he didn't really join the monkeys in many reunion tours. He would always be the one who would always kind of sit out and not be in it. I think now he he does it a little bit more in the few monkeys uh, things that they still do. There's only two left, aren't there? I I think so, yeah. But I I saw... Saw them doing something recently, and I was like, oh, they're still touring? Okay. It's kind of like with with all these bands. They'll keep touring until there's only one left, and they'll just keep replacing the people behind them. There they are! Stop! You talking to me? These are endangered animals! Look at this gift shop postcard! What's a mouselope? That's us! Mouselope! Why, it's the rarest species in North America! And you almost killed them! Shame on you! Does that mean we can't eat them? Christopher Walken and Robert De Niro. John Mariano, by the way. Sound like just like Bobby the <laughs> the Pigeon right there. Mm-hmm. It's Robert De Niro. Nobody does a better Robert De Niro than, uh, than John Mariano, who not Bobby. only sounds like him... But he looks like Robert De Niro. I mean, he's able to put on a Robert De Niro face, uh, which is very impressive. Well, uh, Christopher Walken and Robert De Niro uh, were in a little movie called Deer Hunter. And do you know where their characters are from? What city they would be from in the movie? Uh, Los Angeles. No, Pittsburgh. (laughs) So it made perfect sense for Christopher Walken and Robert De Niro to be outside of Pittsburgh hunting deer. I thought that was very cool. Uh, Dan Rather, a Dan Rather reporter is in here and a Ted Koppel reporter are both in this as kind of caricatures, which were interesting to see. The steel plant that the brain takes over is called Remington Steel Plant. Um, And Kelly... You seem to, uh, that seemed to ring a bell with you. What's Remington Steel? Uh, it was a TV show. Um, 
uh, I can't remember if it was about a detective or what. I mean, it, it was pretty long ago, but that was one of those action shows. Yes, yeah, starring Pierce Brosnan, who would later be, uh, of course, James Bond. I remember seeing reruns and just like seeing Pierce Brosnan running around the place. I don't even doing... remember he was in it. I just remember like the name of the show. And <laughs> I, I'm, I'm sure I watched it with my dad like on a Saturday. Sorry. Yes. Yeah, I, I I never watched really an episode other than a few seconds here and there. So it was a little hard to see, you know, exactly what that's about. But yes, nice to see Remington Steele in the back. So in the 80s, I watched it in my dead. Night <laughs> Rider, uh, Street Hawk. Um, what was the one with the helicopter? Yeah, I was uh, going to say Airwolf. Airwolf. Yeah. Yeah. I think that was more my dad. Uh, maybe it came on later in the evenings or something. But uh, I, I remember like. I say there was some reference on it on TV a while back. And I was like, I remember that theme song. <laughs> well, uh, there's also some uh, references here, some musical references, well, at least one big one. Of course, the brain is singing um, a parody of this land is your land, which they kind of got right to the tune because I don't think anyone owns the copyright on that song. So I think they just did a flat out oh, tune parody of it. Being a music, I, I meant to mention, cause I, I actually put it in my notes, but um for all the good that they're doing me because I'm not looking at them, but uh, <laughs> they they kept playing the tune Three Blind Mice. Uh, That's right. Yeah, with Larry. So I thought I mentioned that. Yeah, okay. Well, there we go. We forgot that one, but now it's in here. So if you're still listening, then we, we still got it. It still counts. Still well, counts. It still counts. Same still episode. Counts. Yes. <laughs> uh, all right. <laughs> it's okay. Um, so then Pinky has a couple of references to some commercials in here. He talks about, uh, you know, this is a mouse elope in a frying pan. And uh, the brain says something like a, a mouse elope is a terrible thing to waste. Uh, so right there again. And I forgive me if, if you know these things. Some of these, they hit me over there. Like, oh, I remember that. I remember that. But we have some audience members who are either really young. Like I say really young. They're like, you know teenagers in their 20s yeah. i don't know that they may not know this <laughs> so <stuff>. young <laughs> so young or they're in different countries as well so you know forgive yeah, me if you know from this. other countries oh yeah we have we have you know several what, like where in scotland and in mexico and in uh gosh i want to say ghana but I, don't, I forget exactly but um yeah if you if you're at it if you're from an, a, another country and you listen to us uh tweet at us and then i'll that makes Sure, Kelly can. We'll see them, and I'll say, "See Kelly, see, see." I didn't lie. I didn't. Oh, lie. we have some in Australia. Yeah, I was going to say Australia. Yeah, they're on the. Uh, we have a Yakoman, I think, is on. Uh, and, oh, and that's on yeah. That. And that in uh, Yakoman's on Discord. It's an I don't know why I'm surprised. Listener. I mean, I, I have a lot of Twitter friends and stuff from various places. So yeah. uh, got them all over. Yeah, that's so cool. Hello. Well, it all comes down to the point. If you didn't know, Mouse Will Open a Frying Pan was a parody of the the frying the egg in the frying pan for a drug commercial. You know, anti-drug yeah, this is your brain. This, this is, is your brain, brain on, on drugs. drugs. Yeah, then th- now you know. Don't let their fate befall this little fellow. This is a mouse elope. This is a mouse elope in a frying pan. Sizzle. Yeah. Sizzle. Oh! Any questions? This is drugs. This is your brain on drugs. Any questions? That came uh, on between every, like every commercial segment. Oh, gosh. There's also a UNICEF uh, when he's like, for just a few pennies a day, you could save. Yes. Uh, or that one with uh, 
Suzanne Summers or not, or yeah, Sally Struthers. I think that was it. Sally Struthers would have these ones where she would talk about pennies a day. Look at these. And they, boy, they put those poor starving kids in front of you to, to traumatize you. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but then they have, of course, a terrible thing to waste. Uh, a brain, a mind is a terrible thing to, to waste. These commercials uh, used to come out from the UNCF, the United Negro College Fund, uh, talking about the, the importance of getting scholarships for African-American children to help them in college. The Oscar speech. Now, this Oscar thing, where it looks like Tony Curtis is giving an Oscar away. And I don't know if you guys noticed. Did you notice the set that they were in no. for this one? I saw a giant WB. Yes. what we're talking about. Did you see the two mallets on the side? Oh, no. The, this is the same set. And I don't know if they used the exact background, but it's the same uh, basically premise that they had for the 65th anniversary special That's of cool. Animaniacs, where the giant mallet comes down and hits, uh, what was that guy's name? Uh, Bobby or Bill? <laughs> Yeah, whoever the, yeah, the Um, one that was trying to kill the Animaniacs. I live in in Oha, California. (laughs) Anyway, that's all I really remember from him. Well, anyway, so that that was cool to see. But the Marlon Brando thing, uh, Marlon Brando, when he won uh, Oscar for The Godfather, he sent a Native American uh, to go pick up uh, the Oscar for him. And the Best Actor Award goes to Marlon Brando. Hello, I am a mouseelope. I am representing Marlon Brando this evening. Marlon has asked me to tell you that he cannot accept this award due to the treatment of the mouseelopes by all of humanity. Mr. Clown is in this episode. You, got, you didn't see Mr. Clown? Sure enough. You... I saw my phone. So, you know. Oh, like... yeah. There you go. Nathan, did you see Mr. Clown? I saw him. I didn't realize it was Mr. Clown. I thought it was just a clown. No, that is that was Mr. Clown. And he ran over uh, He ran over Pinky in the Brain. So we got two you, Animaniacs you, references in this. You say Mr. Clown, you're, you're talking about when the whipper wills. <laughs> yes. The wind will whip her back. Oh, nice and chubby baby. <laughs> yep. Exactly. Uh... Terry Bradshaw is mentioned. The Pittsburgh Steel is ours. Does this mean I can finally rub the top of Terry Bradshaw's head? Point. And Terry Bradshaw was a Pittsburgh Steeler, and he's currently a football guy. I don't know. He's in tons of commercials. He's just he's he's that over over energetic football bald guy. <laughs> they mentioned about rubbing his head. I know what he looks like and who he is. And anytime I know and recognize a football player, you know they must be uh, prevalent in yeah, media. Exactly. So he's definitely in a lot of commercials. Uh, and finally, we're talking about Del Monte. So I had to go in and go, okay, Del Monte's probably voiced by somebody. Maybe he's voiced by a famous person that I'm just not, you know, one of these guest stars they had on you Pinky like the Brain. What was that? Looks like Richard Nixon. Well, he does kind of look like Richard Nixon, but he's not a parody of Richard Nixon. Jim Meskimen did Del Monte's voice. Okay. Now, Jim Meskimen, I looked up his his IMDb, and this guy has been in everything. Uh, he's he's one of these actors that has almost like an equal amount of voice acting versus uh, behind the uh, or just 
bit parts in movies. So if you look him up, you probably say, oh, I kind of recognize his face. He's one of those people that he's that guy. You know, he's he's been in this movie and that movie and tons of different things. But he's a priest in one movie, a detective in another one, whatever they need him for, he's he's that. And he does a lot of voice work. Well, I looked at his work for Pinky and the Brain, and it said he did two characters. One of them was Del Monte, and the other one was Bob Dole. And all of a sudden, it clicked to me that, oh, Bob Dole, presidential candidate, ran in 1996, Dole Pineapple. Dole is a type of, obviously, fruit, and Del Monte is also a canned fruit. So therefore, by saying Del Monte, and that's why he kept referring to himself in the third person constantly. Del Monte is not going to do this. Del Monte, Del Monte, like talking like that. That would Bob Dole would do all the time. Bob Dole's, you know, I'm for lower taxes. Bob Dole's for this. Bob Mm. Dole's for that. And then they had these other things talking about how, you know, when they're saying to him, oh, your cuddly meter is down and all this other stuff. Uh, They have him hooked up to a heart monitor Bob Dole had had, I believe, a heart attack uh, right before or, you know, the presidential election. That was like a big issue was whether or not he would be, uh, you know, strong enough to be a, a president. I believe Bob Dole is still alive. He's he's very, very old, but I believe he's still alive, if I'm not mistaken. If I'm mistaken, I'm going to take this out so no one will know. But <laughs> uh, but. It was a, if you listen to that heart monitor, it does flatline at one point, which I thought was kind of cool. Anyway, that's who bought that's who Del Monte he's, is. He's 97 years old. Wow. Yeah, I'm still alive. The poll numbers are not encouraging, sir. Your charisma quotient is, well, non existent. And your cute and cuddly count is even worse. People need to know that Del Monte cares about something. But what does Del Monte care about? That was the uh, that was a, something right there. I thought that was cool to see, and it was almost like a light bulb going off, and I was very happy to see that. But that was that. Those are all the references. There's a lot of them. It's a two parter, and I probably missed a few as well. But what are some of the things that you thought were cool, uh, Kelly? Let's start with you. Uh, I thought it was funny when they were talking about getting the steel, and uh, Brain said, "You know, they take it by by birthright." And Pinky said they'd have to go to Lamas classes. <laughs> yes. That, that made me laugh. That was funny. <laughs> uh, Nathan, what about you? Oh, when when Brain said, why don't you marry a slinky? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, the Brain's jokes are not the wittiest, uh, but he tries. Um, he, even he has moments of jocularity which is a yeah that's that's much funnier than the actual joke of <laughs> yes and we can make slinkies oh i just love slinkies then why don't you marry one <laughs> good one brain witty love i too have my moments of jocularity pinky uh i like the part where the brain is like a is he always has great words when he's talking about getting hurt. Uh, you know, that is a pain that is going to linger. You know, I was one that always rings in my head, but this one, he says, that's a pain that is nearly flawless. And then he gets ran over and then it Mm -hmm. says, Oh yes, now it is perfect. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. I like that a lot. That, that was a good one right there. Good follow up. Um, 
Pittsburgh looked just so disgusting. When they're looking down, mm. you know, that, that that classic shot of looking down into the valley and just seeing and the then, smoke and the disgusting brown area of Pittsburgh. That's a that's funny. another reference to the brain looking over his shoulder with a tear in his eye is the whole Native American. That's right. I forgot like, the Native American commercial where they threw the can or something and, and then and then you just see a tear. Like there's so many like uh you didn't mention the sound of music. The doe a deer, a female deer. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> there's so well, many we things. Did, that we like, did now. Yeah. But there's, there's, I'm sure there's other ones we missed because there's, there's a lot of little things in this one. It's yeah. really jam-packed. And I do not know, understand, I don't understand the whole reference of Martin Sheen inviting them to Malibu. If yeah, anybody sure knows anything about people, about Martin Sheen and Malibu is this joke, um, then I'd love to know. There's a very good caricature of Martin Sheen, I thought, with his... With his belly and everything. I was thinking about Charlie Sheen. I don't know why, but um, I mean, same last name and related, of course. But but when it, it, he's, they started talking about Martin Sheen, I was like, oh, yeah, because Charlie Sheen was always in trouble. Wait, no, that's his dad. Yes. <laughs> Other so, Sheen. It still didn't look like, I mean, definitely didn't look like Charlie Sheen. But then I was like, tell me, it like Martin Sheen either. And I can kind of see it. I and mean, it's kind of hard because that's 30 years ago now. So it's like, I don't remember what it looked like 30 years, you know. <laughs> Well, <laughs> you know, there's there's just a ton of stuff in this one. Um, a ton, like even like, do not remove like he's the part where the brain is reading like the the contract, and he's talking about you know, the Mouselope Protection Act, uh, which I don't know if we did we even mention that mouselopes are kind of referencing jackalopes, which are uh, you know I used to think were real. By the way, I used I to see. I remember watching America's Funniest Home Videos, and they'd have jackalope. Uh, oh, the jackalope! On <laughs> God, that was—I thought that was funny. I, I remember, I remember well, my dad I'm not thinking it's funny. Well, joining us, it looks like it's Charles Howell. Let's just see what happens here. That's like surprise guest. Yes. Oh, this is like. Hello. What? Hello. So here we are. Yes, thank you for coming on, Charles. Welcome back to the Animini Cast. Woo. No problem. <laughs> Always love it when you're able to stop by. Now I reached out to you because I wanted. I had a question here. We're, we're reviewing. We're finishing up our review right now of episode three of the third season, which has right. the deer in the mount, uh, the deer in the mouselope play, and of course Pinky and the brain and Larry and Pinky. Yes. <laughs> and Pinky deer in the mouselope. Who did you talk to on deer in the mouselope? Oh, nobody oh. yet. Nobody. Just us. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we just watched it and went over all the things that we spotted. But that there's a ton of references in this, yeah. in oh, this yeah. episode. It's a, it's, a, a, it's a big script. Oh, my goodness. Uh, yeah, there was just yeah. – I had two pages of just references right here, just trying to yeah, fall yeah. through all of them. To, to, that was uh, uh, Tom Shepard and Wendell Morris. Yes. And I was, I was, the, I was the head writer on that one. Ah, well – we are my main question for you since we're talking yes. about uh, Pinky and the Brain and Larry. Yes, was uh, obviously a, it's a Three Stooges parody, uh, right. and and you and uh, Gordon Bresek, of course, wrote this one. Uh, can you tell us uh, how did this script, this idea, come to be? Uh, because it only ended up it only ended up being a Three Stooges parody at the very end. Right, it, it started because uh, we. Uh, we wanted to, the, the network had been asking Peter to put more characters in. I don't know how much you've dealt with 
what the network wanted for an additional season of Pinky and the Brain primetime. But they had been, they wanted it to be more of a sitcom like The Simpsons. They had suggested that Pinky and the Brain each be married and live next to each other like the Flintstones and have kids. And uh, Peter was, was uh, in charge of those primetime shows and he was just going crazy. He kept saying, that's not Pinky and the Brain. So uh, they, so he, what he did was he gave them uh, Brinky, which was they have a kid. Now I don't think that's what I don't think that's what the network was talking about. But he said, "Okay, you want a kid? Here's Brinky, and uh, you want them married." And he gave us what ended up becoming "You'll Never Eat Food Pellets in This Town Again." Although we had to rework it a little bit for Saturday morning. There are just <laughs> some things that were alcohol references and stuff. And, and so, you know, he did those two things. And, of course, those were what the network wanted. And, you know, we are so glad that he didn't destroy the show to meet their instructions. But he did those two things. And when this was all going on, before either of those episodes had been done, actually, but there was a whole back and forth going on with the network. And Gordon and I were uh, sitting at home, uh, I think in Gordon's office, and we were saying how ridiculous it was Thinking the brain are a duo. They it works that way. And what do you want to add another character? What's the other character going to do? And we talked about all the great duos, and, and uh, we said, well, of course there was the Three Stooges, uh, where they had a third character. And you know, uh, we both kind of agreed, yeah, but you know, the third character is Larry. He doesn't have a lot to do. <laughs> uh, but so we did, well, what if there was a third character? Let's, you know, let's Pinky of the Brain and Larry. So we started, uh, you know, like how would the theme song even go? So we started, uh, we started, not, now have you seen the version with the rewritten theme song? Yes. Because it wasn't included that way on Nickelodeon or someplace. And there was some question about whether it made it onto the, onto the DVDs that way. And I haven't looked. It has it's made on it Hulu onto Hulu that way. Yes, it has oh, made okay. it on Hulu, which of course oh, okay. now, now is where the majority of people will luckily, you know, be able to see it. I, yeah, I yeah. So, we, you know, we're saying it's Pinky and the Brain and, and Larry. Larry. Pinky and the Brain <laughs> and Larry. One is a genius, the other's insane. I'm getting one's Larry. And we were, <laughs> we were just doing this and crack each other up. And so the next day I went into work and I saw Tom Ruger in the elevator. And I just started, it was an elevator pitch. It really was an elevator pitch. I said, we want to do this thing. And I did the song for him that way. And he was laughing. He was cracking up. So I said, oh, great. That's great. Go ahead and do that. So, so we wrote it. And, um, and then when we, when we wrote it and turned it in, uh, we wanted the, we wanted the song got that way to the script and Andrea and Rusty came to me and said, there's no, there's no room. It won't fit. And they were reading, and I said, "What do you mean?" They're doing. It's Pinky and the Brain and Larry. And, and, and what we wanted to do was just, you know, use the recording the way it exists and just squeeze in the thing. And it was really funny to us. And so I sang. You said you sing the regular thing, and I'll sing uh, and Larry. And so we did it that way. Uh, one is a genius, the other's insane. I was Larry. Da, 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 da. So, well, Larry, you know, we, we, I did it that way for them. And they didn't understand. They said, well, who is that singing? And I said, I don't know who that is singing. <laughs> well, is that, is that uh, Pinky singing? I said, no, no, it's not Pinky singing. Uh, 
I said, well, who are the singers who are singing? They're not Pinky or Brain. So, oh, is it one of them? Pinky and the Brain, or Larry. And I said, no, no, it can't be that. It's like a little, it's like a little kind of a heckler kind of voice or something. And uh, so we we got in the uh, recording booth. So they laughed, and so that made them laugh. Okay. We decided to go ahead and we, we got in the recording booth, and she decided to have Rob do that voice, because Rob really is the singer, uh, obviously, the two of them. And, uh, and she wanted to bring in somebody else. Uh, so uh, we did have... Um, we did have what's his name there to do Larry, uh, Ren and Simpy guy, uh, uh, Billy West, Billy West. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause he does the reason John K hired him on, uh, on, uh, Ren and Stimpy was because he did this great Larry fine voice. And, and it's the only time the only impressionist really at that point, he, he had cracked Larry fine, you know, impressionists, always kind of start off with that one voice they just do great, that nobody else has done. And that was it for uh, Billy West, I guess, breaking into the business. So he was doing it on Howard Stern or something. And uh, so John put him on uh, on that. And um, so uh, Rob was fiddling around with it, and he couldn't, he couldn't quite get a handle on it. And Andrea didn't want me to give it to him because you don't like to do that with actors. You, you, you want them to find things on their own. And, uh, and, um, and Gordon said at one point, he said, you know, have them try it with kind of a Yakko voice, but not really. And so that's kind of what he did. Yeah. And, um, and so that, and so that was the song. The song was like the whole thing that we have, uh, you know, we have the city there, but what do you want to do tonight? Uh, what do you want to do tonight, Brian? And Brian says, uh, uh, and then Larry was there with this third beat that was like nothing. <laughs> yeah, what do you want to do tonight, Brain? <laughs> what are you doing here? You know, Brain. Because uh, I forget these. I'd have to watch it again for all the stuff. But uh, so we wrote that part of it. And, um, you know, he's just the third beat in everything where you don't need a third beat. And then we decided that, well, since it really was the Three Stooges, we would do. Uh, kind of a Three Stooges parody for the thing. And uh, which uh, to me is really tedious. The, to me, the the fun part of the thing is really the beginning. It's the song and the opening. Mm-hmm. But we did a kind of a slapstick Three Stooges thing uh, for the rest of it. So uh, that's my memory of that. When Nickelodeon aired it, they took that off. Because they figured, oh, it's already got a theme song. And that's where they put on all those things with Nickelodeon on the, on the gold bars and then the yeah. stuff and everything there, which yeah. I thought was, that's a clever thing to do for Nickelodeon, but don't cut off our theme song for this like, because it's not the same. It's, it's different. Exactly. Yeah, so, that's like uh, the huge joke in this episode is the Larry theme song. Like, is the song. That was yeah. the whole, that's where we started up. <laughs> that's the whole thing we thought was funny. And, uh, and that's what sold the thing. And then Jean showed it in the, in the writer's meeting, which was like, you know, she really liked it. So, um, so anyway, so that's Pinky and the Brain and Larry. Well, and, fantastic. Um, now, now, did do you get any flack or, or anything from the any executives after this was shown or anything? Because I, it, I really, we really got the feeling that there's, you know, the Brain 
talks about, you know, you're the yin and I'm the yang, or you're the yang or I'm the yin, and we don't need a third one. We don't need it. It really kind of felt like, oh, the brain is not talking to Pinky in this case. He's talking to somebody else, and it's Maurice Lamarche really talking to the executives in a case, in a sense. Um, well, you know, I on some level, I hate to say this publicly, but I will. I don't. I don't think the network people usually are smart enough to understand things like that. <laughs> they didn't know we were sort of making fun of them, I don't think. And also at that point, they were really involved in pushing Peter to do this additional development for the second season, but they weren't reading our scripts every week. They weren't, they still, you know, under Spielberg, they didn't read anything. Right. You know, Spielberg approved, that was it. And uh, and they saw the episodes. And, and so they weren't really... Um, dealing with us day to day on scripts that season. They started to uh, after that, although they really didn't, they, they, they really didn't, they really didn't give us, they didn't give us line notes on every script after that, but they, they did start it. They did start um, kind of, you know, poking in every once in a while. Right. So yeah, no, but it absolutely was making fun of the network. There, <laughs> there's no question about that. <laughs> Well, uh, that's that's really the, the we'd love to have you on again, Charles, in the future, because, again, as we're going through some of these episodes of Pinky and the Brain and we're kind of doing them, you know, well, we are doing them random, uh, just depending on what our audience members yeah. would like us to talk <laughs> about. Uh, <laughs> but uh, we really appreciate like you coming monthly, on. But <laughs> <laughs> exactly. We really appreciate sure, you coming you, on. Whatever you want. Um, I know a lot about those later episodes and because uh, I was involved in all of them. Right. And um so, I mean, I can talk about any of those, any of the ones that uh, you want to talk about and some of the some of the upsides and downsides of the second and third season. We had our budget cut way back. And um, Peter had done, I think, 13 half, hour, half hours for the first season in over a year, I think in 14 months. And, uh, and then they wanted me to come in and take over when he left. And I said, okay, you would now have to do a half hour a week they wanted 52 more scripts in 52 weeks. And we never made that. But I think, and they sent it to a cheaper studio. It never, they never looked quite as good as they did the first season. Right, right. And of course, but we, uh, of course, leading in, I mean, I guess in the network uh, eventually, in a sense, kind of got its way with that third character, right? With Elmira being put in. That, yeah, that was, um, that was Chris, uh, uh, what's his name? But, a Warner Brothers executive. It was a last minute idea to save the show because it was canceled. Mm. They absolutely canceled. And he just said, what about, uh, what about Elmira? What about using Elmira? Uh, and he pitched this whole thing. She'll be a little kid. And she'll, you know, brain of course hates it. And, uh, so, so we did that. And, um, they wanted more kid friendly. They wanted kid friendly subjects. So, uh, that was one of their, that was one of their gripes about the first season was, you know, Frank Sinatra. What are you, what are you kidding? <laughs> Who, you know, we said, well, it's just funny. It's a funny yeah. situation. But oh. Pinky can do his little Nancy Sinatra song and we can do all these things. And they just, they just really never understood. They, they took us off Sunday night because they wanted to be a family show, which they, in their mind meant, Pinky in the Brain had to have families and had to be a family because that's, that's their aspirational thing. You know, friends is for 
young adults who are out in the workplace and go to a coffee shop. And, you know, the, that's what everyone wants. And sometimes that really works. And they had put us on opposite 60 Minutes, which is like we said, that's our audience. Yeah. You know, and they thought they were counter-programming. Anyway, you've heard a lot of this stuff before. <laughs> but, uh, but um, yeah, so, uh, so yeah, whatever, whatever you want to know. And um, I'm happy to dish the dirt. All right. Well, thank you so much, Charles. And uh, we'll, we'll talk to you. We'll talk to you later. That sounds great. You all have really nice webcams now. Nice high resolution. Oh, thank you webcams. so much. Yeah. The last time we talked and I have a new one too, but it decides when it's going to work. So, <laughs> uh, so anyway, we'll talk again soon. Just let me know. All right. Have hey. a good night. Okay. You too. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye-bye. Well, that was this nice surprise right there to wrap things up. A perfect timing, uh, just wrapping up the episode. Uh, I think it's about time to get to our water tower rating. Well, what do you guys think? Out of five water towers, how many would you give this episode? Kelly, let's start with you. I think I will give it four. Uh, because it it was actually funny um, and made me laugh out loud because y'all know I'm kind of serious. So <laughs> I think I'm actually laugh out loud. That's um, mostly I I laugh inside. Um, <laughs> and uh, I really enjoyed it. I thought the writing was really well done and very, very clever, um, you know, particularly with all the references they squeezed in. And it was just chock full of, of uh things and uh you know layer upon layer uh so i I really enjoyed that okay nathan what about you i'm gonna agree with kelly and go with four water towers um just very funny overall that theme song is a high point in that larry one and of course that all the (laughs) butler (laughs) um But yeah, it's all. And then uh, Mouse Loves was uh, enjoyable. Uh, it probably could have been cut down a little bit and still been really good. But uh, it's uh, it was funny and lots of lots of references. Just too many for me to understand what was going on. <laughs> yes, there was a ton. Oh boy, this this one kept me busy. I'm going. I'm. I'm. We're, we're in triple agreement. I'm giving it four out of five as well. Uh, very funny episode. Uh, certainly not not a perfect one, but it's. I mean, Pinky in the Brain and Larry is is a very classic episode and especially hearing after charles talking about uh some of the behind the scenes stuff that, that happened with that is a uh, is always nice to know so four out of five for me uh very i would recommend this episode uh to uh people just kind of wanting to find something funny and um one last thing i'll mention is i really liked how uh <laughs> They they use the antlers in the mouse lips as toothpicks and they're very good toothpicks. And the the people that were un, un, unleashing the hordes of boxes of, of uh, mice with little fake horns on top, the antlers on top, the boxes said miniature novelty antlers, which I just thought like, see, like the writing from everything that was said to visualize was just right on. So four out of five for me. Um excellent stuff well let's go ahead and get to some contact information nathan where can people get in contact with you on joey i'm on twitter django ft that's me all right and kelly what about you 
I'm also on Twitter, YodaPrincess, Y-O-D-A-P-R-N-C-S-S, or email me, Kelly, at BigShinyRobot.com. Okay, and as for the Animaniacast, we're on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram, and of course you can go ahead and talk with us and all the other folks at the RetroZap Discord group. You can give us, uh, or you can get an invite, I should say, to that group by going to discord.animaniacast.com, and that way you can join the group and have some fun talking with all the other listeners. And uh, you can email us, animaniacast at retrozap.com. Speaking of retrozap, head there right now, today. There's great podcasts, there's great articles every single day of the week. It's a great one-stop shop for pop culture. All right, that'll do it for today's episode. So for Nathan and Kelly, this is Joey saying good night, everybody. Good night, everybody. Good night, everybody. This podcast is not endorsed by Warner Brothers or Amblin Entertainment and is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. Animaniacs, Tiny Toon Adventures, Freakazoid, the Warner Brothers logo, all names, pictures, and sounds are registered trademarks and or copyrights of their respective trademark and copyright holders. All original content of this podcast is the intellectual property of the Animaniacast unless otherwise indicated. Hello. 